By now, God, you would have reached down and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. As your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this dark, and I will lift my hand, cause you are who you are, no matter where I am, and every tear I Again, my strength is almost gone. How can I carry on if I can't find you? 
black and blue, painted in mercy's hue.
into a, a, about two or three inches of water in our home. Mud everywhere, but you know what? We're here because we know the one that walks on water. Yes. Yes. Mud in our, pores, our soul is washed white as snow. That's why we're here this morning. Yes.
My Bible says something about the table that God prepares for me and prepares for you. He didn't bring me out of the tomb so I could walk around like a dead man. And the Bible says that he made a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So we need to go ahead and shout this morning.
and I'm blessed so when I go out. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the country. Why? Because the blessing is not on the land, the blessing's on the man. The man that obeys God, he's blessed everywhere he goes. You want to get blessed? Watch this. Obedience is the language of love in God's kingdom. Amen. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. Right. Amen. The reason we got to preach you into obedience is because you haven't fallen so in love with him that you dare not sin against him. Amen. Yeah. I came to preach this morning. I come to preach God is still blessing. Amen. Got a bunch of hypocrite, backslidden people who want to get on social media and criticize every other doctrine and they got filth in their life and so disobedient. How about you post about your own garbage? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Woo! Right with God. That's right. I found out God is still blessing. Amen. And I found out that there is fire in the land. Yeah. <laughs> I said there's fire yeah. in the land. Yes, there is. I know that God will bless you when you obey him. Yes. Stand up for just a moment, elders. Kings, let them look at you for just a moment with that nice legacy shirt you got on. Don't you order that money in the Thank you, Lord. Come here real close. Come here, come here. Come here. Thank you, Elder Dale. I'm breaking out of sweat. So let me just turn around. So I don't have to look at you and they do. <laughs> just a few years ago, right before we planted this church, his dream job was simply just to be a telemarketer if I because because he, he has a disability, but Christ is disabling that disability. And because Christ dwells in him, Amen. he said, I don't want to just sit at home and collect a check. I want to work for it. Amen. 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 That's different. Amen. I'm going to preach so good in a minute, people are going to put their phone down and listen and get blessed. Come on. Come on. He was so hungry for God. And he said, he said, if I could just be a telemarketer making just nine to ten dollars an hour that would be all right because i want to work for my own pay yep. and so for a good year or so he tried everything to get a job and couldn't get one you ever been there yeah we're in a bad economy but the good news is for the sons and daughters of god yeah. we don't thrive in this economy that's right and he began to learn that obedience brings blessings. Yeah. And yeah. those that obey shall be covered with blessing yeah. and live in the overflow of God's blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And so he began to go to church again, begin to pray again, begin to read his Bible again, begin to cut things out of his life yeah. that need to be cut out. Let go of allegiances that he didn't necessarily need to have and committed himself to the house of God, the presence of God, and the ways of God. And in this economy, God has so blessed him, so blessed him, that now he's getting ready to graduate from college. And he's working for the University of Kentucky. Amen. 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 Amen.
it, it brings blessing. God will take you in a bad economy, set you on fire, and promote you through the roof. They, listen, they just bought a vacation house. You shout if that was you that bought one. Come on. I just want to show you that God's still God. If God tried to bless you in your sin, he would have to step out of his nature to bless you, and he ain't changing who he is for you. You change who you are for him. That's how it works. Go sit down. We're trying to steal the show. <laughs> well, while we've been traveling across the country, I've seen that God is still God and that God's still blessing those that obey him. Amen. Don't Amen. wait till you're in disaster to try to obey God and get caught up. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Do you know that your Bible talks about a man that the prophet came to him, not a doctor, but a prophet. How many of you knows that a prophet is a whole lot more accurate than a doctor? Yeah. yeah. Amen. And the prophet said to the man, get your things in order because yeah. God says you're going to die. Got a death sentence. Yeah. Uh -huh. That man didn't say, well, I better live right now. He had been living in a right standing relationship with God that when he got a death sentence, your Bible says he put his back up against the wall and he said, God, I'm in good covenant with you. I'm in good standing with you. I've been living for you all the days of my life and I'm about to live and not die. And the Bible says the prophet got turned around and went and told Hezekiah, you got 15 more years added to your life. Not because he waited for the mess to ask for the miracle. Live for the miracle today. We have crisis Christians Amen. that are waiting for a crisis to be a Christian. That's right. I stole that from our very own, the real King Shady over there, Pastor <laughs> Crisis Christians waiting for a crisis to follow Christ. Yeah, that's right. Mm. While I've been out there in the country, I have seen this, that the culture is so cold. Yeah. Because most churches... Or ice cold. Right? Yep. The culture has never been more cold. We kill children that are in the womb and we celebrate it with parades yeah. and dance, celebrating the death of children that they surgically go in, break the baby's neck, and pull the baby out, and kill the baby, and then sell off baby parts. We celebrate it in the country because our culture has a cold heart. Amen. The heart of our nation is cold. Hate and intolerance is the language of the culture, and it's the language of the church. Amen. We so easily get offended and Get up off our blessed assurance not to shout but to run away. Yeah. You see the current state of the culture by the current social media posts. That's right. Amen. But because we have so-called Christians that have posted so many posts about anti-vaccination and rebellion against the mask. I'm about to preach you to where you get saved or you get out of this house. You are not my source that God's blessing me. Amen. Amen. So many social media posts that are all, 
whole anti-vaccine, anti-mask, all this stuff, and I'm not telling you that you need to be vaccinated. I'm not here to argue about the mask, but I'm here to tell you that you're backslidden and your heart is cold because you're posting a lot more about that than you're praying for those that are in ICU units fighting for the life. Set him free from homosexuality. Yeah. And 
about Christ. Amen. It may be Christmas around the corner. And we may be getting ready to enter into a, a season where the snow shall begin to come in eastern Kentucky and southern Ohio. But listen to me. There's nothing cold about Christ. His hands are still warm. His heart is still warm. He's an all-consuming fire. There's nothing cold about him. And there shouldn't be anything cold about you when he sets you on fire. Amen. Amen. Mm. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 3. We've gotten so far away from gospel preaching. Yep. No one seven points in a poem on living my best life now. Get the fire of God in you and you'll live your best life Amen. right now. Yeah. I baptize you, Jesus said, or John said, with water for repentance. But there's one that's coming after me yes. that is more powerful than I. Amen. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I'm about to preach this verse to you so you get it. Amen. John said, he, he has a comparison here. He compares a couple of things. He compares who he is to the one that's coming. And he says... The one that's coming is greater than I. Yep. Now, John was great. He was a man, mighty man of God. Yeah. We need some voices like John the Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, there's another one coming that's greater. Yeah. And you shout about that and miss this. So John says, I offer this experience. And it's an experience that is still offered today. The baptism of repentance. The baptism of water. But John said, there's another coming, and he's got something to offer. And if he's better than me, that also would mean that what he has to offer is better than what I have to offer. I'm here to tell you, you might have been baptized with water, and you need to be. You need the water. You need repentance. But there's another baptism. It's a baptism of fire. It's a second work of grace. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. 90% churchgoers have not experienced it. Amen. That's why we're so cold. Most worship leaders get up and they've never experienced it. Come on. Preachers with no fire. Come on. Christians with no fire. That's right. But John said there's one coming that will baptize you with fire. There are two experiences and two encounters, and there's a second one waiting on you to get there. Yeah. That you need repentance. You need this is not this is not take away from the baptism of water. Does it take away from that? That is entry level, and then there's acceleration level. Sure. Well, you didn't hear me in this Presbyterian <laughs> church. I said there's entry level and there's an acceleration That's level. Right, amen. No, I said there's entry level <laughs> and there's acceleration level. You're still living at the entry point and wondering why there's no acceleration in your life. Uh, amen. And so repentance, this baptism, which is, which is symbolism of me repenting, and God, what John welcomed people into, and what we welcome people into, is a baptism of repentance, which means that I make a decision, shot decision. Decision. That I'm turning from a lifestyle of sin. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Repentance is a godly sorrow 
about the sin that I've lived. That's right. Amen. And a decision to turn from it. Yeah. And so the, the, the baptism that John is talking about, water baptism, repentance, it's about getting something off of you. Yeah. It gets the sin off of you. It gets the it gets the stain off of you. It gets the hurt off of you. Yeah. It gets the blood and the wounds of life off of you. Yeah. It's a washing baptism that gets it off you. But my God, get ready to shout. There's another baptism. Not about what comes off you, but what comes on you. Yes. What gets on the inside Amen. of you. And Amen. we got church folks that have had the first encounter where they knelt down and prayed and they said, God, wash it and take it off. And God washed it and he took it off. But there's a second baptism of fire. And that yeah. fire is an all-consuming fire. And it doesn't just bring something off of you. It puts something on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. What's inside of you? Yeah. My pastor taught me this. And if I haven't offended you yet, hold on, I'm about to. It's wonderful when your church doesn't pay your salary. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. My pastor taught me, here's how you know what's on the inside of me. Can I handle this? Here's how you know what's on the inside of me. Look at what's on the outside of them. Look at the exterior, everything they control. Because if everything within arm's reach from them is a mess, it's because they're a mess inside. Amen. If Amen. your car's a mess, you might be a mess. Yeah. If your house is a mess, you might be a mess. Yeah. This Bible teaches everything that's on the inside is to produce something on the outside. Yeah. And so start evaluating your life because if everything around you is out of order, it's because internally you're out of order. That's right. If everything around you is a mess, it's because inside you're still a mess. But I got good news. There's a baptism of fire, and fire destroys the mess. Yes. Shout fire! Oh, destroys the mess completely. Yeah. There was a fire. Mm, we used to sing growing up, there's power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. This fire that you can receive through a baptism of only through Jesus, it produces, as Pastor Blake says, here's the product of the presence of God, the fire. And the fire of God does two things right now. If you're lacking these, it's because you're lacking fire. You know, it doesn't do any good, Elder Dale. You know, I don't know anything about vehicles at all, except to turn the key in, and sometimes I do that wrong. <laughs> but I learned enough to know that if I've got a full tank of gas in the car, but there's not a fire, the starting of the ignition, that gas tank doesn't do me any good. Yeah. And some of you are sitting on something that until you get the fire, it's not going to get you anywhere. Amen. There's got to be that baptism, that turning of the switch, the ignition to take you somewhere. That's so right. fire baptism does this. It brings you, number one, write it down, energy. Mm -hmm. Fire is the source of energy. Where there's an absence of energy, there's an absence of fire. Yeah. I said where there's an absence of energy, there's an absence of fire. That's right. Yeah. 
Until recently, when I was working 40, 50 hours at the prison, working 20 hours here, going to school full time, going to Columbus, going all around the world doing ministry, putting in 100 hours a week of ministry, people would say, how do you do it? How do you have those 24, 30 hours without any sleep? I got a fire on the inside of me that is the source for me. Yeah. Amen. If you ever get something, you shout it out. Yeah. You can't drink enough Red Bulls to keep up with what's on the inside That's of you. Right. You can't take enough pills to keep up with what's on the inside of me. There's a fire that he put on the inside of me. And it's a Holy Ghost energy that allows me to endure what I could not endure on my own. Amen. Yes. Shout fire. 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 Gives energy that is supernatural. Yeah. Yes. How much energy did it take? to raise the dead body of Christ that was laying in the tomb for three days. Yeah. Yeah. It took energy. It took power. Mm -hmm. Which your Bible says all throughout the New Testament that when you get the fire, just say fire. Fire. When you get the fire, you get the energy and the power that raised up Christ from the dead. If there's a power that can raise God himself up from the dead that now lives on the inside of you, imagine the endurance that you can run with. This Amen. is why the Bible says that Amen. we can run and not grow weary. Amen. Because of fire. Yes. Holy Ghost fire on the inside of men's hearts. And I'm seeing it. Yeah. I saw it in Michigan. They kept meeting. I saw it in Alabama where we worshiped for three and a half hours yes. and nobody looked at a clock waiting to get out. Come on. Three and a half hours before the two hour sermon yeah. where we didn't get out of church to almost midnight. Yeah. Now I've lost you. Yeah. I'm going to worry about talking about it because you got no fire. <laughs> where I saw hundreds of broken people being put back together. Amen. That fire, that power of God, it produces boldness when you become someone that you are not on your own. Amen. We were in Alabama and they're winning so many people to Jesus from the streets that are pushing drugs that there's a decrease in drugs being pushed on their streets. Amen. We need the fire of God. People that got the fire, they got the energy to engage in the battle. Amen. Oh, Amen. I come, but I'm tired. You're tired because you got no fire. Amen. Looking at a guy that is 90% disabled, got everything wrong with his body. My doctor, my wife will tell you, I was sitting with the doctor a month ago, and that doctor said, I don't know how you're walking without a walker. I said, fire. 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 It gives me energy to rise above the pain. Amen. So many drug people, drug pushers being one to Jesus, that the drug lord. But you were there, it's the truth. Yeah. Was there that morning. He was in the back with his arms crossed. And he kept getting closer and closer and closer. In the service, there was, I don't know, I won't even give a count, bodies everywhere. <laughs> Overcome by the fire of God. Yeah. 
And I walked up to that drug dealer, not knowing he was a drug dealer, and that he could kill me in an instant, and grabbed a hold of him and pulled him right to my face. And I said, stop pushing drugs and start pushing Jesus. Amen. Pushed him off and walked off. I would not do that in my natural mind. Right. <laughs> Amen. Had Elder Dale been there, he'd have been ready to go. <laughs> but the fire produces a boldness and yeah. an energy right. that is not known to man outside of a supernatural experience. That's right. Amen. Now, number two, write this down. Not only does fire give you power, energy, fire gives you purity. Yeah. So you can look at how unpure you are and know you're missing the fire. That's right. When you're always having to say, excuse me for my language, you got no fire. Amen. 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 Not need to say that again. When you're always saying, excuse me for my language, because when you hit your toe, something come out of you. That just shows what's on the inside of you, and it ain't fire. That's right. Amen. Sometimes God allows you to get so frustrated just so you can see what's on the inside of you by what comes out of you. Amen. And Jesus said that it's not what goes into a man that destroys a man. It's what comes out of him. Yeah. That's right. You didn't expect me to come home after four weeks and preach some weak need belly sermon now, did you? <laughs> we need fire. And fire is turning this country upside down from the north and south and yeah. the east and the west. There's a remnant that is rising. Yeah. Out of God and out of fusion. Yeah. Without it any longer. Amen. If you would read your Bibles, you would see that purification by fire was the prophetic hope of Isaiah and Zechariah and Malachi. It was the prophetic hope that is declared all throughout the Old Testament and experienced in the New Testament. Yeah. A fire that purifies you. Amen. Do you believe that God is good? Yes. Absolutely. Do you believe that God would ever set you up for failure? No. no. Do you believe that God would ever give you instructions that could not be followed out? No. No. Good, you're almost there. Then follow this. He said, God is holy. You be holy. Amen. Let that be your doctrine. Amen. How do you possess holiness? By the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is fire. Yeah. Because fire burns and destroys and consumes. And so when the fire of God gets on the inside of you, you get more than a top tone and a learned dance. You get a fire that will consume the sin and the stain of sin in your life. Amen. Jump fire. Fire. Jesus said in Luke 12, 49, I came, we don't even know why he came anymore. Yeah. He came to give me my best life. He came to be my comfort. Well, I just listened to him. He said, I came to bring fire. Stop fire. Fire. He said, I came to bring fire on earth. And this is what God wished. This is what Jesus wished. For Christmas, you ought to think about getting Jesus something. Yeah. Because he definitely got you something. 
And here's what's on Jesus' wish list. He says, I came to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it was already set ablaze. Yeah. Jesus wants the fire that he brought to earth to be set ablaze. He wants it to be kindled and fanned into flame. What God wants to see when he looks down to the footstool of his feet, he wants to see the fire of God burning in the hearts and the minds and the hands of God's people. Amen. He wants the fire to be set ablaze. Yeah. He wants to see wildfires. Yes. God is blessing preachers right now in this season, not that are preaching academically, but those that are preaching not from their head, but from their belly. A Amen. fire in the belly. Yeah. Amen. Birthed out of the place of prayer and the presence of God. Yeah. He said, I, I, I came to bring fire, and I wish that this was set ablaze. I, I wish that the fire was spreading. Let me ask you something. Is the fire God brought to earth Stopping at you or going farther because of you? Yeah. Mm. Is the fire of God going further and reaching further than it's ever reached because of you, or did the fire stop with you? My pastor, I talk about him all the time. He's one of the greatest men of God I've ever known. He taught me so much. Those that often criticize him are those that know very little. They couldn't pass a first grade Bible test. But he taught me this. It is not God's responsibility to steal what he gives me. Mm. We'll say that again. It is not God's responsibility is not God's responsibility to steward what he gives you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's not God's responsibility to steward the paycheck that you get. That's right. right. You say, well, you're preaching on tithing a lot here lately. Listen, we got $30,000 in the bank. We are thriving. God is blessing this mission. I'm not preaching it for me. I'm preaching it for you. That's right. Because you cannot be in rebellion and ask God for a miracle. That's he right. He won't change his nature for you. Amen. Amen. That's right. God's good. Yeah. Yeah. I taught Pastor Nick Whitman a preaching in Patrick Wheelersburg. We're doing wonderful. And I said, you're tithing. I said, but reading your Bible about the offerings. Just start giving God free will offerings above your tithe. Yeah. Watch how God will bless you. Yeah. He then came to me and he said, Pastor Dave, he said, I feel God wants me to go to Bible college. I said, I don't feel it. I know it. Because <laughs> if you're going to preach, you ought to learn thing or two about preaching. Amen. Yeah, amen. And he said, he said, I just don't know if I can afford it. I said, you can't, but God can. Amen. I said, won't you put in for some of the financial aid and all those things that we can help you with? And he said, but I make $70,000 a year between the two of us. We were over the cap. I said, we got any other caps? That's right. Called me this week, said Pastor Dave. I said, yeah. He said, you won't believe this. I said, yeah, I he said, my college is 100% paid for. Your children, your 
your spouse, your vehicle, your house, your dog, your cat, whatever you got, it is your responsibility to steward it. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And we must steward the fire that God made a deposit onto the earth. God is looking for a remnant that knows how to steward the fire of God. Amen. Yes. John 8 says this, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone that follows me will never, shout never. Never. Never what? Walk in darkness. So when you walk into a dark season of life, I can tell you it's not because you follow Jesus there. That's oh, right. I can drop my mic right now, Pastor Blake. Jesus said it, not me. He said, I'm the light of the world, and anyone that follows me will not walk in darkness Never. Yeah. So when you find yourself in the seasons of darkness, it's because you've abandoned the fire. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's right. I said when you get to a season of darkness, it's not because God led you there. It's because you left him back there with the fire and you went on your own. How in the world do you think it's going to work out when you bless God? That's right. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Watch this. Light is something we see. Fire is something that we feel. It is scientifically impossible for there to ever be light without there first being fire. Mm, yeah. It's true. You're like a doctor or something. You're really educated. I know that, aren't you? You do something that's like somewhere I can't even pronounce, working hospitals and stuff. And so I'm talking to, to Dale's younger daughter over here. She's just, she's a... Like, God blessed her. She's got, like, the mind of Solomon. She's really, really blessed. And, and so, like, anyway, if that's not true, then you just got a really proud dad that lied a lot about <laughs> And your husband, he's very intelligent, very blessed. Like, you guys are just blessed, smart people. And, and, and thank you for coming and hanging out with some people, you know, yeah. like me. And so you, you, you might know this. It is scientifically impossible for there to ever be light without there first being fire. Exactly. There's light because there's the fire of the sun. There's light in these light bulbs because of electricity. There's the fire. Fire is the source, and the light is the display yeah. of the force yeah. and the source. And so when Jesus said that he's the light of the world, he could only be the light of the world because he's first the fire of God. Good. And a church trying to be the light without not first being consumed by the fire will never be the light. Amen. Your children in darkness because you're in darkness. Amen. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. right. We were in the sanctuary last night and the night before getting things ready. And little Trinity was in here with me in my seat that I sometimes preach from. She said, Daddy, she said, I want to sit in that seat. I said, you're not sitting in that seat. She said, I'm sitting in that seat. I said, you're not sitting in that seat. <laughs> Pastor Kevin, you were here. You heard the argument. She said, why not? I said, that's Daddy's seat. She said, why is that your seat? I said, because I'm the pastor. She said, I'm the pastor too. Put me <laughs> in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> your children will sit where you sit. Yeah. yeah that's, good. Yeah. that's good. They will desire to be what you are. Or they'll just naturally become it. Yeah. So why don't you catch yourself on fire for Jesus? Yeah. And let a fire of baptism come on your home and radically burn out 
all the drama, all the conflict, yeah. all the heartache. There is a consuming fire that can burn it all out and yeah. give you the energy where you don't have to go on social media and try to get 35 people to feel sorry for you about how tough you got it. You got a fire that allows you to endure the troubles of your day. Amen. You know, I'm preaching. Amen. And Jesus said, I'm the light because he was the fire. Leviticus, all the way back in the Old Testament, God has always wanted there to be fire in the camp. Fire with the people of God. When it was dark for Moses, there was fire at night so they knew where to go. Yeah. Stop going where fire is not leading you. Yeah, that's good. Stop walking where fire is not drawing you. There's something about fire, the heat of it, it draws you in. Stop going where fire is not drawing you. Yeah. They can call on me to preach and there can be 20,000 people there. And if there's no fire to draw me, I'm not going. Amen. Stop going where fire is not drawing you. And so Leviticus chapter 6, it says the fire that was on the altar is to be kept burning and it must not go out. Yeah. So God, in the very beginning of the establishment of his people, taught us that we're to have an altar. The altar is the place of, hold on, it's a cuss word. Sacrifice. Yeah, amen. 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 And the fire would consume the sacrifice. Yeah. And your Bible says that God taught his sons and daughters, don't you let the fire go out. Amen. And let me tell you, it took work to keep the fire going. They didn't just sit around and have soap sessions and have thoughts and prayers about the fire. It took work for there to be fire. Yeah. They had to go and get the wood to be burned. They had to go and get the animals. The animals had to be examined. Then they had to be offered. The ashes had to be removed so the fire would not go out. There was work for there to be fire. Yet the command of God was don't let the fire go out. It will require work. It will require you reading your Bible, not just one verse a day, but I mean getting in the word of God. It will require you praying like you've never prayed. Praying to where it's not you praying anymore. Praying to where the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you. I'm talking about it takes work for there to be fire. You have Amen. no fire because you're not working for fire. Amen. Amen. Laziness is not in the vocabulary of God's kingdom. That is right. It took work for there to be fire. And God said, don't let the fire go out. And I'm here to tell the remnant, don't you dare let the fire of God get out of your spirit. Amen. Don't let the fire go. Don't let the energy go. Don't let the purity go. Don't let the fire go out in your heart. Amen. Because they provide the sacrifice, but God provides the fire. You can't produce fire. You can only receive fire. Yeah. So don't you dare let God, what God gave you, burn out. Yeah. Hmm. They provided the sacrifice on an altar, and God provided the fire. 
Here's why there's no fire in the homes in America. Because there's no altars in anybody's homes. Amen. Oh, I'm a Christian. You haven't had a family prayer meeting since Jesus walked the earth. Mm. Oh, God, pray for me for my children. Why don't you pray for them? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Better yet, how about this, Dad? Why don't you take their hand and pray with them? Yeah. yeah. Yes. We're so quick to spank them. How about we be quick to grab their hands and to pray with them? Amen. They see the fire of your nature, but never the fire of your energy and purity. That's oh. right. Oh, they know what happens when you hit your toe. Mm. What comes out of you. Preach. And it's manifesting in them and you don't like it. Yeah. 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 <coughs> Amen. Don't let the fire go out. We are responsible to steward the fire that is still left on the earth that God gave on that day of Pentecost. Amen. 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 Peter said that you yourselves are a living stone, that you are being built into a spiritual house, that you're a holy priesthood, that you are a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Anytime you begin to talk about sacrifice in an altar, anyone that has any kind of academic training in Scripture wants to say, well, that's Old Testament. Thank you, Captain Office. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And in the Old Testament, is this good preaching? Yeah. In the Old Testament, in order for there to be a fire, we had to place a sacrifice on the altar. In the New Testament, Jesus became the sacrifice for us, and God set a fire on the earth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So that we don't have to place an offering on the altar for there to be fire. That's right. But watch this. This is where we have failed to teach you in Appalachia. Peter, hey, Captain Obvious, that's the New Testament. And he's talking about altars and sacrifice. In the Old Testament, we had to place an offering on the altar. In the New Testament, in order for there to remain fire, we have to become the sacrifice on the altar Amen. for the fire to be set Amen. In the Old Testament, you had to find an offering. In the New Testament, you become an offering. Amen. Why has God never set me on fire? Why can't I lay hands on the sick and watch them get better? Why can't I pray for people and they get breakthrough and all of that? Here's why. Because you've never laid yourself down as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, that's good. A sacrifice isn't coming to church once a week. Come on. In order for there to be fire, there must be a sacrifice. Yeah. Because fire is attracted to the sacrifice. But Peter said, make sure that your sacrifice is acceptable to God. Amen. Because in the Old Testament, when they put the sacrifice there, if it did not meet the obligation, then God would not put fire on it. And I'm here to tell you that if you offer yourself up unto God in an unpleasing way, he won't put fire on the inside of you. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's right. 
Shout fire. Fire. In Acts chapter 2, in the upper room, <laughs> they became the sacrifice. Like they gave up cheeseburgers and greasy food and they just waited on the Lord and they had prayer meetings that lasted hours and days and they waited and they became hungry for God. They became the sacrifice and all of a sudden there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire set on them where they could physically see the fire of tongues. That's what your Bible says. Why? Because the presence always brings the fire. Where there's no fire, there is no presence. A passionate church is a pathetic church. Yes. That's right. Mm, my God, how I long to see the tongues of fire resting upon the sons and daughters again as we become a sacrifice. Are you being moved this morning? Yes. 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 The Bible tells a story of the Apostle Paul. He was on a ship, and he told the people that were steering the ship, he said, don't go the way you intend to go. And they said, you're a prisoner, you don't know anything, and they didn't listen. Paul was on his way to see the Supreme Court of his time. And your Bible says in the book of Acts that while he's on the ship, they get caught up in a really big storm. Some of you are in a storm right now that you should have never faced had you listened to the voice saying, don't go that way. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Good. You wouldn't even be fighting these waves if you wouldn't have went this way. Yeah. Amen. Nevertheless, a great storm comes, and the Bible says that that ship is devoured. It's completely destroyed. What do you need God to completely destroy for you today? And the Bible says that Paul has a remnant. He has the remains of the ship and he rides back to the island. And when he finally gets to an island, there's people there. And the ship is in ruins. He's shipwrecked. Can I tell you, the current culture is shipwrecked. Yeah, it is. The current church is shipwrecked. We got on something that we thought was going to take us somewhere, and it took us nowhere. Yeah, yeah that's right. Some of you got in relationships that you thought was going to take you somewhere, and it took you nowhere. Yeah. And so we're shipwrecked. And the Bible says this. Paul did not in the midst of being shipwrecked on an island, try to gather the remains of the ship and rebuild the ship. That's right. Your Bible says that he built a fire. My God, I'm preaching. That's good. In this hour, I'm stepping into the office of the prophet right now. Watch this. I'm talking to the church right now. It is not time to try to rebuild the ship that wrecked us and got us in the mess. We can't rebuild the yeah. ship. We gotta build Come on. Yeah. We can't rebuild the church that got us in the mess that we're in, that is half empty, and those that are full got no power. We can't build the ship that is wrecked. We gotta build fire. Yeah. We need Holy Ghost fire. Shout fire. Fire. We can't try to put it back together. 
We need fire. The Bible says that when Paul built fire, the Bible says that he went over to some brush to pick up some stuff to put in the fire. And the Bible says that the heat or the warmth caused a viper to come out. Where there's fire, there always will be snakes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Fire will attract them. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the snake was not already there. The fire caused it to expose itself. Yeah, amen, that's good. And so while we stop building ships and we start building fire by becoming living sacrifices, God's about to expose some snakes. Yeah, that's good. And that snake bit him, and your Bible says they thought he must be cursed. When you begin to build the wildfires of God, there's some outside people that think you're strange. Yeah. But the Bible says that when that viper, that means it, that was a snake that had venom. When that snake bit him, the Bible says he did not die. And it did not harm him. And he simply took the snake while it was still attached to him. And he threw the snake in the fire. Do you want to know why the poison of COVID-19? You want to know why the poison of the culture, poverty, sickness, disease? You want to know why all this toxic stuff is invading us and killing us and oppressing us? It's because we have no fire to throw the snake into. Amen. That's good. You need fire in your home. So that when you get bit by the snakes of life, you know you have a fire to shake that thing into, to consume that thing, and destroy that thing. You need fire in your home. Amen. We need fire in our church. We need fire in the city. We need Stand with me. We desperately need the fire of God. Yeah. I've never been more encouraged and more depressed at the same time. Figure that out. Yeah. I'm encouraged because when I go to Michigan, I see fire. I'm encouraged when I get to Indiana. While I was in Indiana, there was such fire there. We saw a preacher that stood up and testified that just a couple years earlier, he was a leader in the KKK, and now he's a preacher of the gospel. Completely delivered from the poisonous hatred in his heart. He's a preacher. Why? To the fire that can burn the hate right out of you. We watched that night. As a man that was brought in with a broken back, he couldn't walk. He had back surgery that was scheduled, but because of COVID-19, they keep putting off all these surgeries. So he came to church that night and he could not go up any higher than this. He had a broken back. Not someone that we brought in off of TV and paid to 
play a part, someone locally in that church that they all know he's got a broken back, waiting for surgery that's been denied. That night there was such a fire of God in that house. That man got up out of his seat and without anybody helping him, he walked to the altar. And by the time he got to the altar, before I even put my hands on him, he was standing straight. Amen. And within three seconds, God gave him a brand new back. God gave him a brand new back. That's fire. In Indiana, I was looking, sizing up the crowd, and I told a lady, I said, come here right now. I knew nothing about her. I'd never been up there to Indiana before. Beautiful place. Love the Amish country. And I told her, I said, there's a spirit of suicide that's on you, spirit of depression, and we're about to rebuke that spirit right now. She told us afterwards that before church, she was sitting at her house with a gun to her head, shaking uncontrollably, ready to take her life. She got set free. She hasn't missed church again. Why? It's the fire of God. It's the energy of God and the purity of God that can purify all of those parts. I can tell you, miracle after miracle after miracle that encourages me that there are some places in this country where fire is burning. Amen. But it's not because the preacher was talented. It's because the preacher and the church has been living sacrificial. Amen. They have laid themselves down on an altar and made these three things their priority. God's presence, God's people, and God's word. And God's setting that on fire. Miracles, signs, and wonders. There can never be fire if there's not sacrifice. Yeah, that's right. God won't put fire on sacrifice he doesn't approve of. Yeah. I'm encouraged by the fire that I see out there, but I'm broken by the lack of fire that I see in this crisis. Amen. But I'm just stubborn enough to believe there's a remnant rising yeah. that say we will lay ourselves on the altar of God. Yeah. We will live sacrificially until the fire comes. And when it comes, we ain't ever letting it go again. walls, not for there to be just more seating, but for there to be more altar room on the sides of the stage. Yes. Where's the fire? Where's the fire in your life? If the warmth of his embrace, the supernatural power, the resurrecting power, is missing in your life. Purity missing in your life. You know it. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, at the same time, I want every person in this building that is willing to become a sacrifice to run to this altar and lay your life down as a sacrifice. Because without sacrifice, there will be no fire. One, two, three. Go right now. You want the fire of God to consume your life? Come lay your life down at the altar of God. I'm desperate for fresh fire. 
fresh fire. Fresh fire. It's the word of God. We provide the sacrifice. And God provides the fire. Come on, we got more altar over on the other side. Pastor Blake, come on, gather around on the other side. Come on, come on, gather around. We've got more space right on over here. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now lift up your voice and begin to pray right now. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to pray right now. You don't need a microphone to pray. Begin to pray right now. Come on, lay down your life as a living sacrifice this morning. Come on, tell God I'm ready for fresh fire. I'm ready for a passion in my heart. I'm ready for a passion in my spirit. I am serious about the sacredness of the things of God. Come on, come on, lift up your voice and just tell God I'm ready for fire. Come on, lift up your voice. Begin to confess your sins out loud right now to God. Go ahead and confess your sin to God right now. Tell God I got an anger problem God needs to take away. God, I got a lust problem that you need to take away. I got a lying problem that you need to take away. Just to begin to confess, 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 confess your sins unto the Lord. A living sacrifice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice like a Pray to the Lord the words. God, God knows the language of tears. God knows the language of tears. I say he knows the language of tears. <laughs> 